And I will read just a portion of a couple of scriptures where two questions are asked. First in chapter 19 of First Kings, verse 9, God asks a question, What doest thou here, Elijah? Then over in Second Kings, chapter 2, Elijah asks Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee. If I could paraphrase those two questions, might ask us tonight, God helping us, why are you here and what do you want? Or maybe, maybe what do you need? How's that? That sounds a little more personal, a little more uh, serious. Because I think we can consider why we're here. Sometimes we find ourselves in different situations or, or different places, uh, maybe not of our own doing. When our, when our kids were younger, we made them go to church. If you would have asked them why they were there, they might have said, because mom and dad made us go. They're adults now. I don't think we robbed them of any of their childhood by having them be in church a lot. Um, but nonetheless... Sometimes we find ourselves in church and we didn't really plan on being here. But think about how God orchestrates things that uh, brings us to a place. Uh, but here, let's, let's consider for a moment when God asks this question, What doest thou here, Elijah? Elijah, the Bible says, was a man subject to like passions such as we are. James says that. He was affected similarly by circumstances and by emotions. I, I heard it described before and, and even saw uh, a diagram, I guess you will, of, of Elijah's experiences and, and it was a diagram of, of highs and lows. And the illustration that was given was just up and down, up and down. It looked kind of like a, your heartbeat goes up and down. I guess it's supposed to go that way with the heart, but sometimes our emotions carry us up and down. But, but Elijah, he comes on the scene suddenly uh, and immediately announces a drought. Kind of comes on with a, with, a, with a bang, doesn't he? Uh, gets, him, gets himself in trouble by announcing that. But it says that he hides himself by a brook, and there he drinks from the brook, and the ravens feed him. I've always thought about that as, as in the midst of drought. That's kind of a high point. Although, if the ravens are feeding you, it depends on what they're bringing you, I suppose. But, but that, that would be a high point. But then, the Bible says after a, a certain amount of days, the brook dries up. Now, that would be a low point. But the Lord sends him to a widow's house in Zarephath, a widow, to sustain him. When he arrives at the widow's house, the Bible says that she's gathering sticks together and she's going to make a meal for her and her son, and then she says that I'm going to die. Well, that would be a low point, wouldn't it? 
thinking that God was going to sustain you and send you to that situation. But, but Elijah tells her, well, you make me uh, something first. And, and, uh, and, and sure enough, according to his promise of God, that uh, the Lord, the Bible says, uh, uh, sustains that widow uh, for the whole uh, time of the drought. That would be a high point. But then the widow's only son takes ill and is at a point of death. That would be a low point, wouldn't it? But the Bible says that Elijah prays. You know, that, that, those verses in, in James says Elijah was a man, subject like pastors as we are. But he prayed earnestly. That, that will set us apart, really, from people that don't pray earnestly or don't pray at all. Or maybe just pray a little bit. Uh, uh, earnest prayer, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And uh, uh, but, so Elijah prayed that prayer, and, and God healed that young man. Well, then comes the event of Elijah meeting the prophets of Baal. The Bible says that. He, uh, he asked them in Ahab how long halt he between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. So Elijah, again, we, he should be familiar things to us, sets, uh, tells the prophets of Baal, you, you do your sacrifice first. You take your bullock and you set him up there on that uh, altar and you... Uh, the, the God that answers by fire, uh, let him be God. Says that they set their bullock there and, and uh, began to call on their God, jump up and down, cut themselves with stones, and do all kinds of gyrations there. And in fact, even Elijah, he, he even mocked them. Well, he told them, cry out. Maybe he's talking, or maybe he's pursuing, or maybe he's away on adventure, or peradventure he's, or maybe he's asleep and needs to be awake. Well, we know that their God didn't answer, but Elijah says he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. He uh, took the twelve stones of the numbers of the tribes of the sons of Jacob and and uh, built an altar in the name of the Lord there and set his sacrifice on it and filled uh, four barrels with water and poured it on the, the burnt sacrifice. Water was a, a pretty rare commodity at that time. They, they repeated that process three times until the, it was good and wet, the sacrifice was. And then he prayed earnestly, and the fire of God came down and consumed that sacrifice, licked up all the water. That would be a high point, wouldn't it? Proved to everyone that God was God was God. But then he uh, it's time for the drought to be over. And I always found this kind of interesting because God told him that it was going to quit raining, but he still required Elijah to pray. Sometimes we know the will of God. But he still requires that we pray, and still requires that we pray earnestly. And 
Elijah did, went up and uh, says he put his face between his knees and prayed, told his servant to go out, see if there was any clouds in the sky, nothing. Seven times it says he, he prayed and servant went out and said that he saw a cloud like a man's hand. That was enough for Elijah. He said, get down until they have, there's a sound of abundance of rain and it rained. The hand of the Lord was in with Elijah. That would be a high point. But then he finds himself here on the side of a mountain, a day's journey into the wilderness. The Lord again sustained him. He uh, fed him. He went on the strength of that uh, meal. Uh, Forty days, it said. In fact, the Lord told him he after he'd eaten one time, eat again. We just got back from Romania. One thing about Romania, food is you eat once, you go to service, and then you eat again. Uh, never fails to uh, affect me. That's a high point, by the way. But I think I could have gone probably on the strength of about 40 days. It's almost been that long. Well, not quite. But, but either way, uh, here Elijah was sent on his way, but... But here, you would, you would think after all of this and all these miracles that Elijah experienced that he wouldn't have had any low points. But here he finds himself hiding in a cave where God asks him this question, What doest thou here, Elijah? And the Bible says that Elijah... Well, he has some defense here about why he's here, because he's the only one left serving God. And you ever feel that way? Like you're the only one at school, or the only one at work? Or I, I recently, after having been self-employed for several years, took a job with a company. Uh, and, you know, I'm the only Christian in the company. It's kind of fun, actually. That is a high point, really. Because I'm the oldest guy there, too. That's not necessarily fun. But, but, but you know, I'm old enough now that I, I don't care if people make fun of me anymore about being a Christian. You know, that's who I am. And you get, you get a chance to witness to people that you've never witnessed to before. And, uh, well, anyway, there's no, uh, there's no sense in hiding out. You know, really, we, our lives are lived in front of people every day, and we, we want them to see that we, well, like the old fishermen in, in the Bible, we, they take note that we've been with Jesus. But here he was, Elijah. I can't remember what I was talking about, what that had to do with anything, but here he was in the cave, uh, hiding out, and God comes down and says, Elijah, what, what are you doing here? But he had a defense. The Lord told him, you, you, go, you go forth and stand on the mountain. And it says, the Lord passed by in a strong wind and rent the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And it says there was a great earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And it says that after the earthquake there was a fire. But the Lord wasn't in that either. But then there was that still small voice 
Elijah says, took his mantle, wrapped it around his head, and went out there. And the Lord asked him again, What doest thou here, Elijah? You know, there's a lot of noise going on in our world today, isn't there? A lot of concern. And rightfully so. A lot of different circumstances come our way. A lot of different uh, concerns. I asked someone the other day if they were following the news on a particular item, and they they confessed to me that they're just not following the news at all. Just just a lot of noise. Uh, but but in the midst of all that noise, sometimes we have to come into a gospel meeting like this. Uh, set that noise aside and wrap ourselves in the mantle of God's presence and just answer the simple question, what are we doing here? Why, why did we come to these meetings? Why, uh, why, why did you come into this gospel meeting tonight? And I know there may be several reasons why and, and uh, maybe not of your own choosing or maybe you didn't even know for sure why, but make no mistake, God knows who you are. He knows where you are. And he knows that we, like Elijah, if you were to make a graph of our life in the last week or month or years, there, there might have been a lot of ups and downs. We're more like Elijah than maybe we ever knew. But he asks a question. Elijah, what are you doing here? Well, just a few chapters later, as I said, Elijah asks Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee. Elisha, as we know, was called. Elijah had gone by shortly after where we left off the previous story there. Elijah threw his mantle on Elijah, Elisha, and Elisha followed him. And Elisha was a servant. May the Lord help us to aspire to be a servant. In fact, he was introduced at one point. Uh, someone said, well, here comes that one that pours water on the hands of Elijah describing Elisha that way. And, and Elisha concentrated on discipleship, not on leadership. In fact, when in the second chapter of Second Kings, when Elijah was questioned by the sons of the prophets, they asked him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today. And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold you, hold ye your peace. It, it was like the, the sons of the prophets were telling Elisha, You know, Elijah's going to be taken away today, and, and you're, you're it. You're going to be the guy now. And Elisha tells him, I, I know it. Just, just hold your peace. Elisha was, was concentrating on, on following. He was, follow, he, he was concentrating on discipleship. I've always, uh, someone told me one time, well, good leaders are always good, have always been good followers, but um, he reminded me one time that 
God used a mule to speak to Balaam the prophet. He can raise up an old Kleenex box to be a leader if that's what God wants to do. Uh, but we, we concentrate on following. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So when Elisha was questioned or or, uh, commented on by these sons of the prophets, uh, they they told him, don't don't you know that that your your, master is going to be taken away from you today? And he says, yes, I know, but but hold your peace. And And he followed, didn't he, close? Because Elijah said, we're going down to Bethel. You, you, you stay here. Elisha said, as the Lord lives, I'll not, I won't leave you. So he goes down to Bethel, and then it says that Elijah told Elisha, I need to go to Jericho. Tarry here, I pray thee. Elisha said, as the Lord liveth, and thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And Elijah said, The Lord sent me to Jordan. Terry here. He says, I'll not leave thee. He was following close, wasn't he? It says, And they too went on, while the fifty men of the sons of the prophets stood far off. Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together, and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither, so that they went, they too went up across on dry ground. And it was at that point, Elijah asked Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon thee, me. His reply, Elijah, was, You've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so. If not, it shall not be so. Well, Elijah was taken away by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, but that mantle fell to the earth. Elisha picked it up, went back to the river Jordan, and smote those rivers, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters were parted, and Elisha went back across on dry ground. Elisha got what he wanted. He was very specific about what he wanted. Maybe maybe it'd be more correctly to say he got what he needed, because Elisha knew what he was going to need. He, He knew that he was going to need that double portion of the Spirit of God. See, sometimes we want something, but sometimes we need something. See, because if if you can live without it, you don't really need it. You just want it. But if you can't live any longer without it, you've got to have it. You need it. But we might ask a question this evening. What are you doing here? And what do you need? God is able to supply every need. And we can be specific, like Elisha was. When God speaks to our heart, 
and asks us, what do you need? We can say, Lord, I need, and you can fill in the blank. You need to be saved. You need to be born again. Here this evening, you might wonder, what am, what am I doing here? Well, the Lord is speaking to your heart. He's not wanting that they would perish, but that all would come to repentance. We might say, well, you don't know where I've been or what I've done. No, I don't. The Lord knows you. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. And he is able uh, to save you to the uttermost. doesn't matter. Uh, if, if you've come to this place uh, and you have that need, you must be born again. And the Lord will save you. He will. We're, we're a holiness church. The Bible says that we're to follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. He said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We, we want to approach a holy God with a holy vessel, the Lord is able to sanctify us. The Lord is able to uh, uh, take the old root of, uh, of sin and, and, and purge it out of our heart, and God will give you an experience of, of sanctification, of entire sanctification. It's what we need. Uh, we, we face uh, uh, insurmountable obstacles in our world today. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Without Him, we can do nothing. We would surely fail. But by the grace of God, we can climb the insurmountable peak. Elisha wanted a double portion of his, of his he, he wanted twice what Elijah had. It's a big order, tall order. Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. Is there anything too hard for God? Maybe hard for us, not for, not for God. You know, he, 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 got, he got the answer. He got the victory. And everybody knew it. One, one thing about a victory like that, he, he really put a claim on it, didn't he? When he grabbed that mantle, he went back to the river and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You, you, and, I, you and I, when God gives us a victory, we, we really need to claim that victory. We need to stand up and say, uh, in fact, I, I, probably a young man here, I think I see his family tonight there, and several years back, the Lord had answered. We'd had quite a prayer meeting there in Roseburg, and he uh, whispered to me, he says, I, I, I believe the Lord has sanctified me. I, t I told him, I said, well, then go start telling people. And he did. Oh, there was rejoicing. He, he, he claimed the victory. Uh, he, he came uh, there in that service that night for a specific reason. And when God uh, asked him, what, what should I do for you? He, he prayed that God would sanctify him. And lo and behold, the Lord, the Lord did it. We've been watching uh, the, the services uh, here in, in Portland. Uh, I've, been, I've been inspired by the, the sermons I've heard the last couple of weeks. On Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday, Friday, 
Uh, it seems like people uh, here have uh, caught a little bit of a vision of, of what might happen in these gospel meetings. And we heard uh, quite a stirring sermon on Sunday morning at home about revival. And, and it challenged us. Sometimes, sometimes I leave church there in Roseburg and I, I feel really good. And sometimes I leave church and I'm a little bit on edge because I've been challenged just a little bit personally. And so I, I think of these, when, when these questions are asked, what are you doing here? I, I feel like that's me. And what, would, what do you need? I feel like that is for me. And may God uh, uh, make that personal for each one of us tonight and each one of us for these meetings if the Lord should tarry. And, and uh, one wonders if, if you look at here at these places of prayer, one wonders if these altar benches could talk uh, of, the, of what they would tell you and I about the many, many victories that have been won right here in meetings much like this. We, we, we had some wonderful experiences recently. I'll just share one. Uh, first time I had ever been to a small town in southern Romania called Radovan. And there was a, a, a man there that we had visited two years ago on our last trip. He had suffered a, a stroke of some kind. He'd been to the doctors, and they could not figure out what was wrong with him, and uh, they sent him home with no hope, and he had, uh, hadn't been able to, to get out of his bed for a period of time, and his body had wasted away. I think he said that he was down to about 80 pounds. Well, we, we went, uh, and quite frankly, he told us this, and I don't remember it at all happening, but apparently we went to uh, his home and anointed and prayed for him. And within two or three days, he was up. And uh, the Lord had healed him. And uh, the Lord had saved him. And when we saw him, he looked perfectly healthy. But he and his wife were, were just thrilled and, and both saved and serving God. And uh, he had uh, at, uh, put an addition on his home. And there uh, was a little uh, house of prayer there, a little place of worship that would accommodate about 40 or 50 people. And at last count, I think there were 70 or 80 probably in there standing shoulder to shoulder. But the only room up the front was a, was a small inflatable swimming pool that they had filled with somewhat warm water because there were two there to be baptized in water. God is still hearing and answering prayer. That happened on the other side of the world. We don't need to go to the other side of the world to see God here and answer prayer. Uh, but, but, but I pray that God will ask us tonight and in these meetings to come, why are you here and what do you need? May God help us to realize our need and understand that he is here to supply our every need. Maybe something that you have had need of for a while. Maybe you need a healing touch. Maybe you need an answer to your prayer uh, of some kind. The Lord is here to do just exactly that. And when he asks you this evening, 
why you've come and what you need. May God help you to answer, Lord, I've come to receive this answer to this prayer. Make that, pull out that one that's difficult. Pull out that one that uh, has been there a long time and has been troubling you. Bring that out. Commit that to God. And watch him hear and answer your prayer. Uh, You will be like Elisha. You'll take a hold of that mantle and you'll strike those waters. And you'll say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And claim that victory. God will hear and answer your prayer. Give the desire of your heart as we sing this song of invitation. We will open the altars for prayer.